Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. All right, let's do this like the man said. This is the Cashflow Guys Podcast. I am Tyler Chef, your host, and this is part two of how to get leads for real estate deals when we come back. All right, first of all, I hope that you found value in part one. Second of all, have you not signed up for the mastermind yet? Why haven't you done that? I know I'm probably driving you crazy, but it's because I care. Here's the thing. The market's going to shift. We all know that. There's going to be a correction. Do you want to be positioned to prosper as the market shifts, or are you going to sit there and complain about, boy, I wish I was in a position to buy when the market tanks. Now is your opportunity to take part in this, to get started. Go over to mailboxmoneymastermind.com. That's mailboxmoneymastermind.com. We have a payment plan. I have a couple different levels available to make this easy for anybody to take charge, take action, and get financially free. So I shouldn't say easy. Let's make it simple. We made it simple to take the action, but you have to do some of the work. So that said, meet me over at mailboxmoneymastermind.com. No more excuses. Let's make it happen. Let's get started with the episode. Here we go. Last week, we left off with how to generate leads, right? Market's going to shift. Wholesalers looking for cash buyers, realtors looking for listings. You're going to have a hard time because there's not going to be a lot going on there. You're going to have to learn new skills. You're going to have to practice some of your old skills. You're going to have to shift with the marketplace because I'm here to tell you the market's going to shift whether you like it or not. Therefore, if you are out there looking for opportunity, if you are out there to buy assets, if you're buying and holding, you are going to need lead sources. Those of you that are flipping houses, well, you're going to have a lot of free time on your hands. You know why? Because a lot of folks are not going to be buying properties. There's going to be blood in the streets. And even Warren Buffett says, how do you make your millions of dollars? You always make sure that you are in a position to buy when there are blood in the, when there's blood in the streets. Be a shark. Get out there and make it happen. It's going to happen. And this time, it's going to stay down for a long time. I don't want to doom and gloom you guys, but you're going to have to learn new skills. You're going to have to learn how to do things like seller financing. You're going to need to know how to find leads without having to buy them. Why? Because before you know it, your credit card, you're not going to be able to swipe your credit card like you used to. What happened last time we had an economic collapse? First thing that happened is Visa, MasterCard, all these different banks, they started pulling back on their credit cards. So don't think you're going to have credit cards to rely on. You're going to have to step outside the box and take greater steps. So let's talk about lead generation. We left off with, uh, I believe it was, uh, health and welfare and, and whatnot. And, and this week I want to start off with animal control going out to, you see a trend here, folks, you see where we spend a lot of time complaining about how bad our government is. I get it. I'm trust me. I work for the government. I can tell you all about that, but the government is also a wealth of information. Why? Because they document everything. It's called public record animal control. They get repeat calls to houses over and over and over again. The animal control officers, I bet you they'd much rather just sit in the air conditioning, not get bit by pit bulls all day long. I bet they'd rather not see cats and have all that are that are sick and, and not cared for. And I, I bet they probably wish they just have a nice quiet day doing absolutely nothing. You can make that happen by helping them solve problems. Well, how do you do that? First of all, you put down Facebook, you get away from the computer, shut down the laptop, leave Starbucks, leave your cell phone in your back pocket, or if you're a lady in your purse, and go talk to them. Go to the animal control and say, you know, the animal control people, they're used to getting beaten up, right? That's what they get day in and day out. Either got somebody complaining that a dog's barking, 
or somebody complaining that they took their dog. It's, it's a thankless job. It's not fun. It's miserable. So go out and be nice to them. Add some value to their lives. And you will see quite quickly that you'll receive value back just by doing so. So go out there, shake hands with them and say, you know, it, I buy houses or I buy apartment buildings or I buy office complexes, whatever it is you buy. Explain to them that you are out there helping people turn neighborhoods around. And sometimes I'm sure, Mr. Dog Catcher, that you run into bad situations where the ability for someone to sell their house and get an influx of cash could be a great help to both them and the rest of the neighborhood. If you ever run across opportunities like then, like those, I'd sure appreciate it if you'd let me know. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Maybe you can bring them a box of donuts or bring them a little box of coffee from Panera Bread or from Starbucks or something like that. Dunkin' Donuts, whatever the thing is. Let them know that you're out there solving problems and you need their help to be able to solve problems. See, if people know what you're looking for, if they know you need help, I believe people are generally good people and they will work towards trying to give you the information you need so you can be successful. So put yourself in that position to meet those people so that you can solve those problems, right? So animal control is a great source of leads. I go there because I like to take, I like to see the, the dogs and cats. I really love pets. My wife won't let me have one, darn it. Actually, I won't let me have one either. But um, we get to play with the neighbor's dog, and that's good enough. I don't want to get up at the whole 5 a.m. and take the dog out to go potty and all that. That's just no fun to me. I like to sleep in a little bit. Actually, I don't have to work, so why should I get up early, right? Anyway, that's a whole other story for a different day. Talking about, let's go on about city and county zoning and planning meetings, okay? You guys have heard me talk about eviction court. I'm going to cover that here in a minute. I'm going to go more into detail on that, but... Going to your zoning and planning committee meetings, you're going to learn, number one, a lot about what's going on, what's coming, right? The coming thing, what's coming next. What are they going to do next? What are they going to improve? What are they going to tear down? What are they going to build up? What are they going to shift, move? What are people spending money on in the community, right? What's the, don't listen to rumor. Go listen to it directly. These meetings are usually in the evenings. It's been my experience. They're usually in the evenings. So if you're punching the clock, working the W-2, you kind of don't have an excuse unless you work a night shift. You can go out there, attend these meetings, and just listen. You don't have to say anything. They'll never even know you're there. Just listen and take notes. When they tell you that they're working on a certain corridor or somebody's putting up a shopping mall, think about how that opportunity could benefit you if you're out there wholesaling or you're flipping or doing whatever you're doing. Maybe it'd be a good idea to get some of these properties that are in that neighborhood under contract because the value is going to go up when people see that change is coming. Change isn't always bad. Sometimes change is really, really good and extremely profitable. So get out there to your zoning and planning meetings in your cities and counties and listen, okay? Listen to what other people are asking for. And more importantly, figure out why they are asking for what they're asking. And don't sit there and assume, get after the meeting or if there's a recess or something, go up and shake hands with somebody. If there's a developer in the room, go shake hands. Let them know that you're in the real estate business too. That if they're looking for help negotiating land deals or whatever the, the case may be, see how you can get involved and how you can help them do what they're doing, help their cause, right? There's nothing better than building a team. When you have a, and a developer understands this better than anybody because a developer is useless without a team. Frankly, most people are useless without a team. That said, if you can offer value to that developer, well, that's a huge value add for them and you can earn yourself a little bit of ching-ching in the same time, right? Nothing wrong with that. Use the meetings and the minutes of meetings to define those path of progress areas. Those meeting minutes are available online. I should have said that because now I know 
half of you are going to sit there and go online and figure out a way that you can do this from your couch. And the, the bottom line, guys, you're not going to get the same result as if you just go out there and talk to these people. I promise you they will not bite. They might nibble, but they won't bite. I'm just kidding. They're not going to bite. So get out there and talk to people. Explain to them that you're a person that's investing in real estate. You're a real estate investor. I'm. If you have opportunities that come up, let me know. Maybe there's a way I can help, or maybe I can connect you with somebody that can help. You see, there's a lot of value in making connections, being a connector. One of my dear friends, Chris, is a connector. He's known as a, as a connector. This guy connects people together on a regular basis, it, and sometimes it makes him money, and sometimes it doesn't. Actually, usually it doesn't make him money, but he's the kind of guy where he doesn't care if it makes him money. As long as he brings two people together that can add value to each other, that's all he cares about. That has be- helped him become very, very popular and very profitable over time because then people are always looking to reciprocate to him. So think about that. You got a developer or something like that. Maybe you know a, a guy or a girl that can help them. Maybe you, maybe the person for their team is not you. Maybe it's somebody else, and you can make that introduction. Maybe you can help out. Sean Yester, my real estate attorney, he's the master of introductions. This guy, he is the 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 BNI poster child, right? Uh, Business Networking International. He is like the poster child for it. It's amazing he has any time to be an attorney. He's always networking somewhere, referring somebody. My point is, this brings him a lot of business and positions him to be very well known in the community. And when you're in a position to be very well known in the community, you can accomplish a lot of great things, things that other people cannot accomplish. So getting out there and talking to people, shaking hands and figuring out what's going on in your community goes a long way in lead sourcing. I assure you this, if you did things such as wrote a letter to the mayor, letting him know what you do, you may get a response. Or at least they'll push it off to somebody that will help you just to solve the problem, right? Because the mayor, somebody's opened their mail. Maybe they'll, they'll put you in the right, touch with the right department. Maybe they'll introduce you to somebody, the head of code enforcement. Maybe they'll introduce you to somebody down at the health department, animal control, or any one of these other departments. Maybe you can get a lunch meeting with the city planner. And understand that the city planner, they're there to solve problems too, believe it or not. Now, granted, they're planning, but they're there to solve problems. The bottom line is, the more people in your local government that you can reach out to and get to know and get to pay attention to what they're doing, the better off you're going to be. So do that. Take that action. Make that happen. Go out, Get out there and get it done. Next thing we're talking about, I've talked about this one before. It's quite common, but a lot of folks, I don't think you take me seriously. I don't think you believe me, but I'm here to tell you it works like a charm, and that is eviction court. Number one, going to eviction court is a great education, not to scare you out of being a landlord, but it's there to understand what's going on in the mindset of the tenants and also in the mindset of the slumlords, because what you will see a lot of times in eviction court is a lot of slumlords, a lot of people doing a really bad job of managing property. Now, that doesn't apply to every situation. There are lots of situations where you got a really good landlord, but a really bad tenant. Well, that's probably because that landlord did not do a good job of screening their tenant. So maybe spending a little bit of time taking a good look at who the tenants are that are in eviction court and hearing the story, both sides of the story, not just one side of the story, maybe you can get in a good idea of what to avoid or how to make better choices than that landlord did, okay, that property owner did. So educational value of going to eviction court is massive. I strongly suggest you consider that as a way to spend some of your time, okay? In eviction court, you're going to find tired landlords. You're going to find either tired, unskilled, or both property managers, 
one of the things I like to look for, now admittedly I haven't been in quite a while because I don't have a lead problem. I got lots of leads because I have people out in the field doing these things for me. I grew my team, I got other people involved, and that's how we grew the team and grew the business. So we don't have to go, I don't have to go spend my days sitting in eviction court. But maybe I will one of these days here soon. It's been a while, and frankly, it's highly entertaining. I <laughs> strongly suggest it. So that said, look for repeat offenders. And by repeat offenders, that means you're going to have to come back more than once. But look for the same landlord in again. In again, huh, Charlie? Yeah, another bad tenant. I see, Charlie. Yeah, so you ever thought about selling that property? My name's Tyler, Cashflow Guys. Just let me, sure, let me know. I'd be interested in either helping you sell it or buying it myself. Don't know what I could pay for, none of that. Who knows? But let's uh, let, let's have a cup of coffee and discuss it at some point down the road. I'd, I'd like to talk to you if, you if you're willing. You don't talk about today. I know you've, you've probably got enough on your plate already. I sure do. Man, thanks, Tyler, for giving me a card. Hey, no problem. That's simple, guys. You don't have to go out there and beg, borrow, plead. You don't have to, have to give them some spiel about, I buy 100 units every day. That's a bunch of garbage. Everybody knows you're full of, you're full of poop. So don't even bother trying to misrepresent yourself. Hey, I'm, I'm kind of new to real estate investing, and I was listening to this guy, this really amazingly good-looking bald guy on the Cashflow Guys podcast. You should listen. He said that I should go to eviction court because it would help prepare me as a landlord. And I guarantee you anybody sitting in eviction court would probably agree with that statement. They'd be like, yep, sure will. You'll never want to be a landlord after going to eviction court. That's for sure. But don't let it turn you off, guys. You Let it educate you on what you should be doing or what you should not be doing, right? Keep in mind, these folks, they're already having a bad day. So don't be surprised if they're not in a chipper mood. <laughs> in some cases, they don't want to talk to you, and that's cool. But at least you're going there for the education and sitting there and listening and identifying the properties. If nothing else, what if you've got the owner of an apartment building there? And that owner is telling the judge his woes, you know, tales of woe, that he's about to lose four more tenants. Well, that's good information you could know. And even though you don't maybe not have the 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 uh, the angst or the, the, I shouldn't say angst, but the uh, energy or the guts to talk to him right then in person, maybe at least you could now identify that that guy's apartment building, who you'll hear the address right there in the in the thing, or you'll have his name, maybe his property is something you should send a postcard to or maybe send a letter to if you're not comfortable meeting them in person. That said, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not comfortable meeting people in person, which most people are not, we live in a non-confrontational society. If that's something that scares you, get yourself over to Toastmasters. A lot of times you can go to a Toastmasters meeting for free. You don't even have to join. Take part in table topics. Table topics is there to help you learn how to speak spo uh, spontaneously. They're going to hit you with a random question. you got one to three minutes to answer a random question and do it without using and so you know like um and all these other bridge words and, and things like that. It helps you become a better speaker. It's going to help you become more confident, but more importantly, it's going to help you feel more comfortable to carry on a spontaneous, unplanned conversation on a topic that you don't know bupkis about, right? So there's nothing bad about practicing first before you go talk to these folks. Go attend a couple of Toastmasters. Volunteer when you go to Toastmasters to do table topics. And some of you are going, dude, no way I'm volunteering. Well, you need to volunteer. You come to my Toastmasters meeting and I'll volunteer you, no problem. Anyway, another great lead source is land banks. Land banks are something, now this is not in every market. Like here in the Tampa Bay market, we don't necessarily have land banks, so to speak. But places like big metros, I believe Atlanta has one. I know Memphis has one and uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And basically you could go on the land bank and buy properties at a, a, a song. I mean, a, an absolute song. 
in some cases, you could buy properties in Memphis for 100 bucks. I mean, nice lot, big lot for 100 bucks. We did that with one of our apartment buildings. We bought the lot next door. We had the grass cut down, all the junk removed, cut the trees down, made it all nice, made it turn into a playground. The city sold it to me at a ridiculous price because I own the land next to it. So I improved it, made it nice and pretty, and now it's a playground for that building. So what do we do? We raise the value of that building by adding more value to the property around it. Next thing you know, we attracted people that had kids. And people that kids wanted to play there because it was a nice, secure, fenced-in playground with no hood rats, no hoodlums out there causing trouble. I lit it up like a prison yard, put razor wire around the top so that somebody, a parent could take their kid there and not worry about their kid getting hassled by some, some ding-dong drug, drug dealer. It became a safe place. And when you establish a safe place, guys, that's called winning, right? Some cities have tons of vacant lots for sale. And you think, oh, what am I going to do with this vacant lot, Tyler? How am I going to cash flow that? It's real simple. You pay 100 bucks for a vacant lot, and you stick that bad boy on Craigslist or one of these uh, land sales websites that are everywhere. There's a million of them. You will find someone to buy it, especially if you take payments. So let's say you buy, let's just throw a number, 1000 bucks for a lot. And yes, you can buy set lots in the city or in the country for 1000 bucks all day long. I've bought them for 100 bucks. So you buy the lot, you stick it on eBay, you stick it on Craigslist or one of those land sales sites, and you offer terms. You'll sell it for $2,500 down. Remember, you paid $1,000. $2,500 down and 50 bucks a month, and you can own a little slice of American heaven, right? And it's that simple. Now you've got a cash-flowing asset because that loan, that 50 bucks a month for however long you decide you want to hold that, that note, that'll just that's a gift that keeps on giving. This is a great strategy to do with an IRA. You got money in an IRA. Let's say you get five grand sitting in your retirement account. It's not earning anything because it's sitting in the retirement account doing nothing. Well, now you could use that money to go buy one of these lots if provided that your IRA is self-directed. Put that money to work buying lots. So there you have it. See, I just come up with an easy way for a cash flowing asset. And folks, you can do this if you've got money sitting in your checking account. Nobody on listening to this episode right now can sit there and say, oh, no, Tyler, I don't need another 50 bucks. Everybody needs another 50 bucks. I don't care how much money you think you have. Everybody needs an extra 50 bucks. It never hurts to go down that road and pick up these little cash flowing instruments. I tell you, because what do 10 of these add up to? 500 a month. Now, do I have your attention? 100 of these are 5,000 a month. I can go on all day on this, folks. Bottom line is when you take something, control it and offer it to somebody else on payments, make it easy to buy, people will buy it from you. And going to some of these land banks, these city land banks and these county land banks is a great strategy. Uh, Mark Podolsky has the uh, Land Geek Academy. He teaches people how to build an entire business out of this. And that's all they do is they buy these little lots for nothing. I think he pays like 25 cents on the dollar for these little lots. Turns around, sells them on terms, holds the paper. Now his money grows over time. I've had Mark on my show. If you look back a while ago, we talked, we had Mark on the show. It was an amazing episode, which reminds me I need to sign up for his coaching program and learn more about it myself. Anyway, uh, vacant land, privately owned, buy it cheap, offering 25% of value. Whatever the tax value is, offering 25%. Why? Because you're not an appraiser, as Mark says. You're not an appraiser. You're just willing to give them 25% of value. The end. What's the worst they could say? No. What are they getting for their property now? Zippo, nothing. What's it costing them? Taxes every month or every year. Cost of the money. So get out there, find those leads, work those leads. 
Don't be shopping on Zillow or the MLS if you don't have to. Go out and find your own leads. When you are the only person out there talking to these folks, guess what? You're going to have a completely different response and you have no competition. Guess what? Well, how that changes the game. That means you get to win the game. Yay for that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to shut up for now. This is a shorter episode. Wanted to give you the back end of that information. Got more good stuff coming for you. I'm going to try making these episodes a little shorter. See if I can hold you guys a little longer. If there's information or things you want to learn about, drop me an email, info at cashflowguys.com. Info at cashflowguys.com. Go to the website if you want. Fill out the, the form there. Let me know how I can help you become bigger, better investors. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. Catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.